0: I think that it is probably one of the most pivotal points in the purchasing process for a buyer. Hey, what's going on everybody? Welcome back to the Closing with Corey podcast, episode number four. Uh, this is the part two of the previous episode, so if you didn't see episode number three, um, go check it out. Basically, it was my first segment of the Just Close with Corey, which is a little bit more of a deeper dive into my previous transactions. It was all about a first-time home buying experience that when it went into the inspection part of the process, um, it just showed the importance of how crucial the inspection phase is and how crucial the people that you work with and, and the team that you work with and coordinate with is. is. So I figured, let me do a, an entire episode just on the importance of an inspector because I think that it is probably one of the most pivotal points in the purchasing process for a buyer and also a couple of different techniques that sellers can do to be a little bit more prepared for when that part of the process kind of comes into play. Um, as always, thank you guys for, for subscribing and, and checking in and then the like buttons and all that kind of stuff. Continue to do that. As I said, I'm going to continue to ask for that support and thank everyone who's been doing that. Um, so this episode is going to be focusing just on the inspection aspect of things. So going into a little bit of a background and for everyone who hasn't bought a home before or knows someone who bought a home When you are a buyer going to purchase a home, for the most part, you will be able to receive what's called a seller's disclosure. Um, The seller who is either living at the property or connected with that property is going to fill out a bunch of information. It's normally anywhere from 7 to 11 pages, whatever the case is, disclosing all and any known information issues with the property since they've lived there. Now, some properties won't have a seller's disclosure. A lot of the times you'll see that with like a state sale. So if somebody is selling a home um, that the owner of the home um, unfortunately passed away, and if they've never actually lived in the property before, they won't be required to fill out that form because again, they haven't lived there to have any knowledge on the property. But for the most part, you're going to get a disclosure and you'll get this prior to submitting an offer. The The reason why that's important is that we are taking that document and basically saying, okay, here is everything that we know about what's going on. Um, the reality of the situation is is that no home is going to be perfect. Um, a lot of homes are advertised as move and ready, but I will guarantee that during the inspection phase for those homes, you can get you can get a report anywhere from forty to eighty pages long of things that are wrong with the property that an inspector is going to see. Once after that happens, I'm going to try and. Re- really stick with my notes this time because, again, I didn't last time and I went overboard. Um, Once that happens, we are then able to submit an offer after we sign off on that disclosure, basically saying, hey, the seller took the time to fill this out. We reviewed it. Um, Here's our initial just to be able to make sure that you guys know that we saw everything that you guys had disclosed to us before. Um, You know, I have had situations with inspections that buyers have been absolutely delighted with the inspection and they are extremely happy. And then I've had buyers leaving that inspection in basically in tears, knowing that this deal is most likely not going to work out for them. And I think that a, obviously the property is going to be one of the biggest variables in that situation because you don't really know what's going on with the home until you get somebody in there. You're paying an inspector to tell you every single thing that is wrong with the property that you're about to purchase. So what I do is I send out a little notice to my buyers the day before or the morning of, and I basically just say, hey, listen, today's going to be a little bit of an anxious uh, an anxiety-filled day. So... Let's just go in. Let's ask as many questions as we can. We want to make sure that we are sticking by the inspector as he's going through because a lot of the times as things are coming up, he will be he or she will be able to say, hey, here, uh, you know, check this out. This may be something here. And you're able to ask questions. And the reason why that's so important is because then once you get that report, that full report, which is going to be anywhere, again, from 30, 40, 50 pages to 80 pages, depending on the size of the home. We are going to be able to already check off a lot of those pages because we've already spoke to the inspector and he or she already clarified on what some of those issues were that were be- being brought up. Now, an inspector, it's a very, very tough job because they need to disclose things in basically, I don't want to really say a worst case scenario, but basically in a situation to where the worst probable outcome is likely. And normally what they'll do in that situation when it comes down to plumbing or electrical or roofing or structural or any of those, those, uh, those big ticket items, they'll say, you know, um, refer to a licensed professional to further evaluate. You'll see that throughout an inspection all the time, because at the end of the day, an inspector is a licensed professional, but, but not in those very specific areas. So they have tremendous knowledge on homes. They are their their job is to educate the buyer, and then if something needs further notice, okay, then they're gonna pass it off to that professional who specializes in that area, which I think is the best situation um, because they are going to want to have somebody actually come in to and say, hey. This can be a very small $500, not that $500 is a small issue, but this can be a $500 fix or this can possibly be a $5,000 fix. There's a very big spectrum there. It's on the buyer due diligence in order to be able to figure out and narrow down to what the actual possibility and what the actual issue is from that report. You know, there's a lot that will come up that I want to say is quote unquote like normal wear and tear. And it's never about, you know, I'm... I'm very much so when, when I'm at an inspection I number 1 I will introduce the inspector to my buyers and I will always say depending on if it's obviously people that I've I've worked with before and an inspector that I worked with before um I'll say you know so and so is going to be fantastic uh, I've worked with them before they're going to go through the property and again in that pre-inspection kind of package I'm I'm saying Ask as many questions as you possibly can. Take notes whenever you possibly can. It's going to be a time for you to educate yourself on this house just to be able to make sure that you know everything that's going on. Um, with that, there's going to be normal things. So if a home is built in the you know 1990 or 1950 or 19, whatever the case may be, so if it's 20 years, 50 years, 70 years old, there's going to be things that will pop up that is normal wear and tear. Because just like anything, um, it's it's gone through different seasons, so the home has expanded and contracted and all these things, so there's going to be possible cracks here and there. And then that's why it's going to be for us to evaluate those things and look into them and say, hey, is this a huge issue or is this going to be something that some spackle and some paint is going to be able to fix? I have on here that an in inspector's job and what their actual description is going to be. And I put that it is to disclose any or all current or potential issues about the home that you are going to purchase. So the reason why that wording is important is because current issues, as far as what the inspector is able to see and potential issues, well, that can be a very, very, open conversation because there's a million different things that can happen with a home. So that is their job just to be able to at least let you know everything that's going on and possibly anything else that could happen uh, in the future. And again, that's going to be on, on us and, and on any of these licensed professional to get in there to say what's the likelihood of this happening. You know, in my opinion, one of the most important qualities for an inspector, and really for a lot of the people that we talk about in the transaction when it comes down to your attorney, to your agent, to your lender, to the title company, um, but but for a inspector, a, a very, very important quality is going to be communication and how the information that they are uncovering and that they are seeing, how that is communicated to the buyer. I think that is just so, so important because, you know, I have worked with a lot of amazing inspectors and I've worked with inspectors that are good at their job, but maybe just not the best when it comes down to communicating to the buyers that I'm working with. And I understand that their job is to be able to do a full disclosure report on everything that's going on, but... It's hard because you need to understand that for the most part, whether it is a first time or a second time buyer, whatever the case is, nobody wants to hear everything that is going on that it is wrong with their property. They're hoping to go in and say, hey, listen, this is probably the best home that I've ever seen in my entire life. There's not one thing that, that I need to take a picture of or that I'm going to write down, great choice, this was an absolute home run. Um, that's not going to happen. They are going to be able to find something and they should find something because that's their job and you want them to find things because you want to make sure that you have everything that you can possibly know going into the rest of the transaction. Um, the second part of an inspection is is also crucial and and I I kind of get involved a little bit more on that second phase of the inspection. So we have the first phase, which is the actual inspection itself. And depending on the size of the home, that can be anywhere from two to four and a half hours. Um, A lot of things will happen in that time frame as far as what's going to get checked out. We have a little bit of, of, of a downtime for the turnaround time that it takes the inspector to generate the full report and send it over to you. Now, if you're getting a septic checked out or, or a well test, which is normally done on the selling side, all of these things will take a little bit more time as well too. So again, just giving, just giving rough ideas. The second phase is going to be the phase where I'll get involved to where it's going to be the narrowing down phase as far as what we're going to want the seller to address. And there's a few different ways that, that, that's going to be coming out. Now, if an inspection is very good, obviously the potential that you can ask for nothing in an inspection is, is likely I've had that happen before. Um, then you have the option to where we are going to want to have them address certain things. Uh, and then the option to where it's just so crazy that we're gonna just wanna kill the deal. And I've had all three of those happen. The most common one is the one in the middle, which is basically where we're gonna narrow down that report and we're going to address, we're going to send over to the seller what we wanna address. And the way that we're gonna send it over is going to be very calculated, very, very systematized in the sense of, uh, of what's the most important and not what's the least important, but what are things that we may be okay that the seller comes back and says, okay, well, we'll do this, this, and this, and this one. Here's an explanation on that, whatever the case is. We want them to be, to be addressed, whether it's going to be where we further evaluate, uh, and then at that point, we can either have them fix certain things before cl- the closing date or get a, a estimate on what these things are going to cost and possibly receive a credit Uh, either at the closing or prior to closing so then the buyer is able to address them themselves after closing. Um, a lot of the times, um, depending on what the preference is for, for a buyer, I think it's always important just to get an estimate in, in general, just so the seller doesn't offer $100 and it winds up being $10,000 or something like that to get a better idea as far as, okay, it's around this ballpark, we'll be okay with this number. But those are the different, the different scenarios and the different layouts, and that's where I kind of come involved a little bit more to make sure that they read through the report, they fully understand, if they don't, that communication aspect comes back into where it's. Says, hey, reach back out to your inspector, ask questions about this, ask questions about that. That's the main goal for that. After that, that process is done. We will send it over to the attorney. The attorney will make it nice and fancy, type it up, uh, and send it over to the seller's attorney. At that point, the seller's attorney shows it to the sellers. They, they talk a little bit and they figure out what they're going to want to address X, Y, and Z. And then, uh, hopefully 90% of the time we come to a mutual agreement and then we move on and we're done with the inspection phase Of The transaction just to kind of go back in and and go through that just a a, a tiny bit more. Uh, I talked in episode two when it came down to the importance of the team. And now we're kind of breaking down these members of the team and how crucial their roles are to the entire transaction itself. And I feel like. Even now, doing this podcast and and doing this episode, that inspector is is the, the role of the inspector, especially on a buying side, is definitely going up a little bit in, in my in the regards to the importance of that that uh, position that the inspector plays. Only because it is just so crucial to have somebody that you can depend on. Um, To number one, do a a fantastic job in letting you know what's going on with the property. And number two, disclosing every single thing that they can possibly find. And number three, communicating the best that they possibly can with the buyer. Now, on the other side of things, when it comes down to a seller, um, a pre-listing inspection is something that I – Typically recommend I think that it's great because it gives you a better idea as far as the potential of things that are going to come up. I've worked with a lot of sellers before that are like, "Hey, my house is great, my house is perfect, my house is this." And not to say that it is not great and it is not in an, an amazing condition. There may be things that you didn't even consider being an issue once an inspector gets in there and actually is just looking at it from a third party perspective to say, okay, someone's going to be able to come in, this is going to get you know um, checked off, this is going to get checked off, whatever, whatever and there may not be anything to address but there may be at least an understanding of okay now we're prepared um, for maybe the unexpected if this if this comes up in an inspection report so long story short an inspector's job is very very difficult because you have a property that you need to go through and be as thorough as you, as you possibly can in a in a not very much, you know, uh, uh, not a a, a long amount of time and most likely nine times out of 10, you're going to have it to where a buyer is going to really learn that property as they move in. And as they are living there for weeks and months to come, that things are going to pop up. And, And for the most part, um, going into it with, with a, a, a generalized understanding of the property is going to be so, so important for that. So, That is the gist of what I wanted to go over on the inspection side of things. Um. So I I I appreciate it. I did pretty good on time this time around. Uh, next week I want to talk a little bit about my listings that I have coming up. We will also be doing the recap for January to see how the numbers are moving, to see how the listings are, are moving, the closed uh units within that Somerset, Hundred and, and Bucks County areas, and we will be able to do a nice recap for next week, and then we will basically be into February where I got a bunch of stuff planned out. So. As always, thank you guys so much for for listening. Thank you for watching uh, whatever uh, platform that you are on. Please always remember to subscribe. I hope that everyone has an amazing week. Thank you.